A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Monday the 20th of March. Home Secretary Suella Braverman said she's encouraged by discussions with judges at the European Court of Human Rights, which could see orders blocking migrant flights to Rwanda being removed. Boris Johnson will publish a dossier today defending himself against Partygate claims, and he'll argue that this week's inquiry is unlawful and biased. Of course it is, Boris. And the Met Police could face being broken up after an independent report to be published tomorrow. It will expose a toxic culture of sexism, racism and homophobia. Good morning to you. Such a busy week in Parliament and in all of our lives. So much going on involving so many uh, famous names, our institutions. I mean, Boris Johnson facing this Partygate inquiry. Donald Trump claiming he's going to be arrested tomorrow uh, on these charges of a hush money being paid to uh, a porn star store. Daniels. We've got the SNP in absolute abject chaos as their chief executive. Small matter. Husband of uh, Nicola Sturgeon is forced to stand down over, let's face it, let's use the word we actually, the lies about the uh, the, the party membership uh, and the small matter of two um, homicidal tyrants meeting up in Moscow. Xi Jinping on a three-day visit to Vladimir Putin. This, by the way, after Vladimir Putin made a visit to Mariupol in the um, uh, seized, Mariup- uh, seized Donbass region uh, just a day or two after the International Criminal Court issued that arrest warrant for war crimes. So much going on. Oh yeah, small matter of 
Are we at the start of another banking crisis as Credit Suisse is now the third bank to be rescued uh, in the latest uh, wave of problems, a bailout by UBS in an emergency deal? Well, talking about all of that and plenty more besides is a political correspondent at The Spectator, James Heal and myself. Good morning to you. Morning, Julia. Really appreciate you joining us. I genuinely, um, on Sunday morning, I'll read all the papers and have kept up on what's going on. Like, right, what should we talk about tomorrow morning? What's, what's the lead story? And I'm thinking... Well, there's this, there's this, there's this. There's this. I mean, where do you start? And it's really interesting, the front pages of the papers. And if you look at, you know, website, news websites, um, how many different stories people have gone with. Um, is I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking in terms of in, interest level for a lot, of, a lot of our audience, what the Home Secretary, Swella Braverman, has had to say about the European Court of Human Rights. I'm not entirely sure whether it will make a difference to anything. She's claiming, isn't she, after this trip to Rwanda, mm. um, that uh, to see this, the housing being put up, not the concentration camps, by the way, everybody, uh, for, for people who are uh, who are coming on channel migrant boats and then being deported to Rwanda, if this ever happens, um, that, that she's claiming that after um, very, very uh, you know, constructive conversations with the European Court of Human Rights, she thinks they could end that sort of block on the Rwanda flights. Um, is that how the European Court of Human Rights works? Well, so... <laughs> This is what the government seems to think is going to happen is that last time they tried to have the first of the flights to Rwanda, there was an injunction effectively put on it under the so-called Rule 39 from the ECHR in Strasbourg. What they're trying to do is raise the threshold at which that can be implied in future and also allow the government to have some kind of legal representation case before that is implied in effect, allowing the government to effectively appeal it before it comes into practice. Um, I think that this is obviously part of the sort of Rishi Sunak playbook whereby you have this kind of main piece of legislation going through Parliament, in this case the Illegal Migration Bill, uh, before we saw this with the protocol bill and you have this kind of legislative big bazooka effectively in order to secure some kind of procedural change whether it'll work or not remains to be seen as you say this isn't exactly how uh, the ECHR normally functions and it's obviously a very different away from the political uh, limelight um, but you know they're very bullish briefings about this and um, we'll have to see can they back up this rhetoric with some reality well indeed I mean we, I think we've got a clip of Suella Braverman uh, talking about um, uh, how, uh, the critics of her visit to Rwanda let's have a little listen and watch what she has say. I uh, encourage all of my critics to actually visit Rwanda before they cast aspersions and throw around uh, incredibly uh, uh, prejudiced and um, snobbish uh, opinions about what this beautiful country has to offer. I mean, it's not much. I would say actually a lot of those videos are just racist. It's it's a country in Africa. It must be awful. Mm. Um, I'm quite sure I don't want to go and live in Rwanda. But if I was uh, someone fleeing from persecution or war, apparently from uh, you know Syria or Afghanistan or Iran or whatever, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that life might be nicer. Um, and this is that whole big debate over whether or not we are in breach of international law or laws. I mean, High Court ruled that the Rwanda flights uh, were, were, were legal. Mm. Um, it's going to a court of appeal. We're going to get some sort of substantive hearing on that next month. Um, the European Court was the one that stayed those flights. So I remember you know, watching it that night and the pit is one by one uh, these people were taken off. Um, there's a lot of anger and upset about this from um, a lot of the usual suspects. Yeah. Say. I'm not entirely you know, bought, you know, bought into this scheme, whether it will ever happen, whether it will provide the uh, uh, the, the, the deterrence that, it, that the idea is that it does actually deter. So as soon as you see a few hundred people, if not a few thousand people flown off to Rwanda, people go, oh, it's not worth paying the, uh, yeah. the, 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 the traffickers. We shall see if that does happen or not. Um, no safe or legal routes 
that you can provide will stop people paying those people traffickers. Mm. Those people ain't going to come through safe and legal routes. A lot of those people wouldn't be eligible for it. Um, but but it is it is uh, it is extraordinary. Some of the footage and some of the coverage of what Suella Braverman was doing in Rwanda. There's a photograph of her um, laughing. I mean, head back, laughing at this housing. People on social media, usual suspects, talking about this being um, I mean, just extraordinary. Talking about this being a you know her her laughing at a in front of a, a detention camp. No, I mean they've got the showing the picture right now. I mean these are not. I mean it's not a detention camp. There's no mm. guards. There's nothing. This is where people would be flown to live freely, work, live their life. Um, um, the actual um, the, some people then transpose the picture of her in front of a concentration camp, literal you, you know Nazi concentration yeah. camp. Um, Laughing, you know, the rail, the railway line where you know Jewish people and disabled people and gay people and others and gypsies were were, were taken to to their death. I mean, it's an extraordinary thing to do. Gary Lineker, well done, mate. The actual picture of her laughing, if we can show that picture for those who are watching rather than listening, is a picture of her with two other people, two Rwandans, all three laughing. Completely different context. Well, quite. And I think it's especially offensive when you consider, of course, that Suella Braverman's husband is Jewish and her children are Jewish as well. Um, and it just shows, I think, how toxic this debate has become. And what we're effectually talking about is an offshoring processing scheme, and yet it's been sort of leveraged into this huge, huge row. Which other countries have done. Of course, yes. And I think what will be really interesting, of course, is the government doesn't want to send you know, everyone to Rwanda. This is just one scheme. They, they, they want to have more of these agreements with other countries. And the question then becomes, is it about the actual you know, legal processes of this? This is actually the principle of offshoring, or is this about the one specific example yeah. of Rwanda? That remains the debate to be seen. Yeah, indeed. And again, there's lots of practicalities and lots of things, you know. But again, other countries that we consider to be sort of beacons of liberal democracy yeah. have also done the European this. Union. The, and yeah, the UN, the UN has 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 such schemes. Let's talk also about Boris Johnson. He's going to publish a dossier later this morning defending himself against uh, this uh, inquiry by the Privileges Committee, an MP, a group of MPs. Um, Made up, by the way, majority of, of, of Tory MPs on, on this uh, on this committee. Um, he says this is an un- unlawful and uh, unbiased inquiry um, uh, over. It's looking into claims that he again, deliberately misled Parliament. These are crucial phrases. So, when, which would mean that he was in contempt of Parliament, and for which they, it, there is a likely punishment of suspension. If the suspension is over ten days, that could mean a, a by-election in his uh, constituency. Uh, that could could be the end of his political career. Big issues for Rishi Sunak as Prime Minister. Obviously, um, you know, he's offered a free vote, which is the norm. The precedent is there is a norm for for MPs have a free vote on this. Do MPs vote for or against the former Prime Minister? Uh, being uh, sort of basically disciplined in this way. Um, I don't have a shadow of a doubt in my mind that Boris Johnson broke the law with his party gate uh, parties, that most civil servants and, and others and advisors working in number 10 broke the law and that they knowingly broke the law um, and that he deliberately and knowingly misled Parliament. Mm. Not a shadow of a doubt. And that's just based on his own words. Well, this is the thing. If you read the report that they've put out already, the the committee's put out a 25-page report, very quietly, very sort of calmly, goes through all the evidence, all the all the messages, and it makes for quite damning reading. And I'll be fascinated to see what happens. I think that the sort of 
just what you talk about with the criticisms of, sort of Boris Jensen's defenders is that they want to try and make this a circus. They want to try and really amp this up, make a bit of theatre. You know, Boris at the committee, Boris back against the wall, and basically blow this up and muddy the, the waters. Establishment, Sue Exactly. And, and I think, actually, if you look at very calmly, very quietly, look at the evidence as the committee are planning to do, I think that will make for much more damning reading. I'll be interested to see how the evidence plays out on Wednesday, but I suspect if it's a circus, that will help Boris Johnson more yeah. than if it's And it's, it's four quietly, hours yeah. and he's, you know, but again, the thing is, this is one of my things with Boris Johnson. I've, had, I've actually had conversations with him along these lines. Is he, he treats us all like he treats his mistresses. He thinks we're all stupid and that he can just keep saying things that are complete and utter blatant lies. And then when he courts out in that to lie about the next thing and then the next thing. And he and presumably all of the women that he has had these affairs with over the years with his various marriages, that, that they believe him and let him get away with it. I, you know, we're not that stupid. His own was, I mean, his, his, what he said in Prime Minister's Questions when he was kept being asked about uh, these parties, when that video first emerged of uh, mm. people laughing about it, and Allegra Stratton uh, resigned. She was one person who didn't go to a party, it turns out. Um, and he, he was shocked and horrified by this yeah. party. There'd been parties every week. Every week, the idea is an absolute joke that he we know he was at some of them. We know he were, you know, he couldn't possibly have not known they were happening. Um, he was joking about them. They were I mean, it's it, he was he CC'd in WhatsApps about them. I'm sorry. This is it's an absolute nonsense. And the idea that his thing is what well, his up defense, we understand, is going to be that he was given advice by senior civil servants mm. that, that what they was doing was legal and it was a workplace exemption. And we, we already know, I mean, Sue Gray, the idea that Sue Gray went for him because she was going to get a job with Keir Starmer, I think Sue Gray, I think it's I think it's really, really unacceptable that she should go and work yeah. uh, for, for, for Keir Starmer in this circumstance. And certainly not with like at least a year's gap. But and especially if she was talking to him at the time, she was still advising the government uh, or helping the government. Um, but, but, but there's no doubt at all, she pulled her punches. Mm. She pulled her punches she's with Simon Case, her boss, the cabinet secretary, who clearly is absolutely unfit to be cabinet secretary. Um, and she pulled her punches, not properly investigating in any way the reports of this Waterloo ABBA party at, um, uh, at the, um, at, at the in, inside the Prime Minister's flat. Why? Because there isn't a workplace exemption inside the flat. And of course, uh, Boris Johnson came out and praised Sue Gray after her report and said what a wonderful model of integrity was and yeah. how it cleared her. And actually, I think the whole Sue Gray thing, I think, is a separate issue and what needs to be worth investigating, but it's a red herring. Yeah. Um, and I think what's really telling is that the defenders of Boris Johnson, quoted in the press, seem to shift their attack. On the one hand, they're saying, oh, it's going to clear him completely. It'll find he's done nothing wrong. On the other hand, it's unlawful. How, how can it be? Yeah, both? which is which is it? But, but again, also, I mean, this is the thing. It's, you know, he there wasn't a workplace exemption. Yeah. I know because I was in a workplace the whole time. There wasn't a workplace exemption. The idea that the man who made the laws, who stood every night on that podium and telling us what the laws were, didn't know what the sodding law was. Well, I mean, frankly, that alone makes him unfit for public office. Um, Again, a lot of people say this is a witch hunt. This is a, you know, I never held a candle for Boris Johnson. I never, I never, I've never drunk the Kool-Aid with Boris Johnson, but I've got, I had nothing against him. I've got nothing, you know, it's not like I'm a secret Ramona or great wanted to do down a prime minister who yeah. delivered Brexit. On the contrary, and I and I thought early on in, 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 in COVID, I thought he was really, really, I thought he did a great job early on. I mean, I realised 
a few months in, that, oh no, this is it was a disaster. But but I mean, I I don't you know, I'm you and I we're both Brexiteers. We don't come from mm. a perspective of yeah, let's get Boris Johnson. Yeah, I think also witch hunt. You know, I mean, there are still people going through the courts right now into the backlog who are getting fined and prosecuted yeah. for what happened during COVID, and they're still going on. So that is still a live issue. So yeah. people talk about sort of witch hunt or historic crimes or whatever. It's nonsense. They're still going on because of the laws that were passed when yeah. he was prime minister. And, and I'm I'm saying to you quite you know, quite seriously, if I'd done that in my in our in our workplace or ran here in, in short activity towers or at home, I'd have been fired. That's the end of the matter. I'd have been fired. So why why does he think he's any different? The breakfast briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 